I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Covert narcissists have an unsatisfiable need for constant validation. It is an addiction for them. They have to be fed all the time, and it will still never be enough. Their need for validation is like a cup with no bottom to it. You pour in all this positive energy, and it just flows right out the other end, and it's just gone. No matter how much you love them, respect them, admire them, care for them, approve of them, build them up, it will never be enough. They only see all the ways that you don't. Any tiny criticism, disapproval, even a neutral thought, or just a simple, you know, giving your attention to something or someone else. That's what they see. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And I want you to know that I offer both individual and group coaching sessions. If you are in need of help making sense out of this crazy making chaos, please reach out to me. I will work with you and find a way for you to get the help that you need. You can find me on either of my two websites, www.covertnarcissism.com or www.cng, those three letters stand for Covert Narcissism Group, cnglifecoaching.com. Now let's get into today's topic, the covert narcissist constant need for validation. If I'm quiet one evening, you know, maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I've got a headache or maybe I'm deep in thought about life or worried about a friend or even just peacefully quiet, pondering the good things of life. All of this will cause the covert narcissist to go into that feed me mode. It's like a panicked place on their end of, uh oh, what's wrong? Why are you quiet? Are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? Are you upset with me? Do you still love me? It's always all about them. It's like they're a hawk watching everything you do or say, the look on your face, the way you breathe, and interpreting everything as though it all has to do with them. I think they truly believe that every thought we have in our entire head is centered around them. We can't possibly be thinking about something else that has absolutely nothing to do with them. We can't possibly even have a feeling that has absolutely nothing to do with them. If we are happy, it must be because of them. If we are unhappy, it must be because of them. They cannot even conceive of the idea that it has nothing to do with them. What they fail to realize is, then, is that when they push on us and they make it all about them, then we do end up unhappy with them. And then they are saying to us, see, I was right. You were mad with me. Why didn't you just tell me? This is a self-fulfilling prophecy. This insatiable need for attention is an addiction for them. 
Covert narcissists often have very addictive personalities. Their deep emptiness inside leaves them constantly searching to fill it. This can come out as an addiction to alcohol, drugs, social media, gaming, work, sex, money, power, and so on. With covert narcissism, it almost always shows up, it does always show up as an addiction to the attention and approval of others. They rely heavily on the admiration from other people. Whether that admiration is real or it's just imagined inside their own head. They will create scenarios of accomplishment so that people will congratulate them and admire them. They'll tell all of these wonderful things that they did, whether they're actually true or not. Maybe it was just an idea that they had, or maybe it's something that you did and they take credit for it. Maybe it's something they actually did, but they blow it way out of proportion. But everyone will tell them how great it was that they did this and such a wonderful idea, and they will feed on that amazing attention. They also will create scenarios of drama so that people will give them sympathy and attention. They'll tell how horrible something was that happened to them or even maybe kind of almost happened to them, how they were mistreated or someone was mean or unfair and they can make anything look that way, even something that maybe almost happened to them. You know, my husband used to tell people how he was almost hit as a pedestrian in a crosswalk so many times, even once by an ambulance. And he would feed on the attention that he would get from this. And of course, he always left out the part of how he made it incredibly difficult for those drivers. He would show no sign that he was about to cross the street, not looking, not acknowledging the vehicles at all, stand right on the edge of the street. And as soon as that walk sign came on, his foot was on the road. And if there was no walk sign, he'd just walk right out with no you know, non-verbal communication with the drivers, no interaction with the drivers, no eye contact, not even looking in their direction. But now everyone must feel sorry for him since he has almost been hit so many times. You know, these drivers are just dumb and unaware. I can't believe how horrible they are. You know, one even bumped him once. How dare they? You know, he, he would play on that sympathy so well. Over time the attention that they require increases. This is no different than an addict who needs to increase their dosage. When they do not feel that they are receiving an adequate amount, they get anxious and upset, causing them to require more. This can lead to rage, demanding that their needs get met, or it can lead to depression, guilting you back into meeting their needs. The narcissistic personality disorder has many traits of an addictive personality disorder. It is a struggle for something external to fill an internal void. They have deep and overwhelming feelings of shame inside of them and try desperately to run from them. This is why they cannot self-reflect. They cannot open that vault inside of them. They cannot be vulnerable. They cannot trust you that you would actually have compassion and care for them. They are in a desperate search to cover that deep internal shame, to hide it, to forget it, to make it not exist anymore. They will manipulate situations to guarantee that they will get what they are after, the recognition, attention, admiration, and so on. People who struggle with addiction, they do the same thing to make sure that their supply is consistent and secure. If they do not receive what they are after, or if they become fearful that they will not receive it, 
They're full of anxiety, depression, insecurity, anger, and so on. Even when they do receive what they are after, they're already anxious about the next dose. This is 100% of their life. A covert narcissist is like an addict that needs to be filled 100% of the time. No matter how much you pour in, it will never be enough. No matter what you do, what you say, what wonderful thing you arrange for them, they will still require more. They create an environment of doubt, not an environment of trust. An environment of trust looks like this. I trust that this person loves me. I trust that they are my partner for life. I give them the freedom to be themselves, to have other friends, to spend time alone and away from me, to have conversation without judging every word, look, action, or thought, to have feelings about other things going on in their life without it being about me. But an environment of doubt, this is what that looks like. Do you love me? Are you going to stay with me? Would you still marry me? Do you promise you'll never leave me? I'm not talking about an occasional romantic situation that can be sweet and passionate. I'm talking about constantly needing that affirmation from us and doubting everything else that we do. Why are you going out with that friend? Do you not want to be around me? Why would you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to do it with me? Why do you need anyone else when you have me? Why do you want to be alone? Why are you sitting over there? Is it because you're mad at me? Why are you reading that book? Why are you listening to that song? Why are you texting? Why are you quiet? Why aren't you looking at me? Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you smiling at me? Constantly suspicious, constantly judging our actions, constantly jealous. No room for you to just spontaneously be you. They leave us constantly having to prove to them that we love them, care for them, want them around. We have to pour all this positive energy into them over and over and over. Everything you do, say, or think is judged in relation to them. You choose to be quiet one evening. Like I said earlier, this can be for various reasons. You have a headache. You're worried about a friend. You are peacefully quiet. Maybe there isn't even a reason. You just are. You are allowed to be quiet. But they ask, are you mad at me just because you choose to be quiet one evening? And so you answer, no, not at all. But this is not enough for them. Then why are you quiet? Are you sure you aren't mad at me? I'm just quiet. It's okay. Are you sure? You know, did I do something wrong? Did I upset you? They push enough and you will end up mad at them. But this leaves you with a choice. Either you're always, you know, have to be upbeat and happy, providing all the positive emotional energy in the room, or you are constantly defending yourself for choosing to be quiet and neutral. This is exhausting. They accuse you of things like, you know, well, you're happy and smiling when you hug other people, but not me. You're eager to talk with others, but not me. You have a good time with your friends, but not me. Again, leaving you with a choice. Either you stop giving other people positive attention, isolating yourself from them, or you are constantly defending yourself for being positive around other people. They are so incredibly jealous of your time with anyone else, your happiness with anyone else, your desire to spend time with anyone else. So over time, to keep peace with them, you find yourself isolated from the world. 
But later, if you try to talk about this, of course, they'll deny all of it. I never asked you to stop spending time with them. I never said you needed to do that. I don't want to take your friends away from you. I'm such a good person. I would never do that. I had a friend recently say to me, time in doesn't count. Only time out does. This is incredibly true. It doesn't matter how much time, effort, and energy you pour into them. None of that matters. What matters is any time that you are not pouring in time, effort, and energy. They don't see all the effort. The times that you do spend with them, the dates that you do go out on with them, the evenings you spend at home with them, the dinners you cook for them, the vacations where you work so hard to keep it positive and happy, the compliments you give, the support you offer, the hugs you give, the back rubs, the intimate time, the work you do to keep them happy. None of this counts. They only see the things you don't do. An evening where you aren't giving them all of your attention. A night when you decide not to cook dinner. An evening you spend on the phone with a friend instead of them. A hobby that you do by yourself, not with them. A show you watch without them. One evening where maybe you don't want to be intimate. Or even a bathroom door that you choose to close. Time in does not count. Time out is all that matters. You will never be able to show them your love enough for them to relax and trust you, for them to allow spontaneous life to happen, for you to be you, to go out with friends peacefully without paying a price for it, for you to sit quietly and that just be okay, for them to genuinely and compassionately ask if you are okay rather than, are you mad at me? For you to be able to do anything that isn't about them. When I wanted to go out for dinner with my girlfriends, there was always a price to pay. Will you never want to go out with me? Why are you going out with them? Even though I did go out with him. We had date nights. We had lunch during the week. I've scheduled my days around lunch with him once a week for most of our marriage. But if I even took one evening, one, and this was one in like six months, I paid for it. One year, my girlfriend bought me tickets to the symphony for my birthday. And I think I've talked about this in my podcast before. We had dinner and a concert. We had never gone out like this. This was a special occasion that she just had bought this for my birthday. It was quite a treat from my friend, and I was really excited about it. But I knew before I ever told him about the tickets that this was going to be a problem. I knew he would be upset before it ever happened. He would be mad, jealous, hurt, and so on. And guess what? I was right. I spent that week with him, making sure I had extra time with him. This was before I told him about the concert. I fixed some good dinners each evening. I stayed home with him. I rubbed his back. I watched movies with him. I had intimate time with him. I went to lunch with him. I made sure that my birthday itself, the actual day of my birthday, was clear. And I spent that evening with him, you know, and let him, you know, celebrate my birthday with me, which he really wanted to do. I made sure the rest of my weekend schedule was clear so that we could do something if he wanted, but none of that mattered. Time in does not matter. I'm not even sure he noticed. He just expected it. This is the way that it had to be 100% of the time. He certainly wasn't grateful or appreciative. The day before the concert, I told him about it. Sure enough, he went silent. 
pacing around the house, mad and hurt. His silent treatment held this excruciatingly painful and torturous silence in the air, and I knew it all too well. Then he'd finally start talking. Well, can we talk about this? Do you still love me? Do you want to do things with me? Do you not want me around? Why does this have to be about him? All of this because I wanted to go to one concert with my friend. And now I have to prove my love to him, tell him how much I care, how happy I am with him, how I'm not leaving this marriage. The next night, while I'm getting ready to go out, I have to do it all over again too. Here we go again. Do you still love me? Why won't you go to the concert with me? I even said to him, when did you ever ask? And of course he tells me that he did ask. No, he didn't. So I pushed back a little bit and went, no, you didn't ask me. He said, well, when that flyer about it came in the mail, I put it at your spot on the table. That's his way of asking? Why can't you just talk to me? Why can't we just have normal conversation like the rest of the world? Why is my one evening out with a friend now all about you? Time in does not matter. Only time out does matter.